hello and thank you for tuning into Bible study. I hope you're having a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day here in Taos, New Mexico. It's gotten a little bit colder again in the spring and the winter kind of do this dance every year. And so I can't wait till it's actually fully spring and we see the grass coming and all the birds and it's just warm. I'm looking forward to the spring and the blossoms and that's my favorite time of year, that in the fall. Anyways, today we are talking about 15 keys to surviving trials. And we know that we are living in times upon the earth where there is war, there is persecutions, there's a lot of things that are taking place upon this earth right now. And so these are keys that are garnered from different scriptures and passages that had the same theme this week. Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Yahweh, we just come before you, our King. We humble ourselves before you and we invite you into this study that you would just have your way through the words that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit and awaken truth, that words would fall upon soil that is fertile, that we would receive what you want us to receive, that we would receive what it is that you are speaking. We pray that you would just open our minds and our hearts, and that you would just open the eyes of our understanding and our ears to hear. And we thank you for what it is that you're showing us and the keys that you're giving to us in this hour upon this earth. As we know there are trials, there's tribulations, there's many things that are taking place upon this earth, and we need you in this hour. So we just thank you that you have given us wisdom within the word of God that we can apply to our lives. We pray that you would help us through the power of the Holy Spirit to apply and to walk out what it is that we learn today and what it is that you speak within your word. And we pray these things in Yeshua's holy, precious, and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. And this one is titled 15 Keys to Surviving Trials. And I know that I have been through trials. You have been through trials. We go through many trials upon this earth. I shared with you this month that a beloved brother of ours passed away. And that was very intense for a lot of us, for our family, especially. We had spent the hours before he passed away with him. And it was very intense for his family and all those that he touched. And when we go through these times of trials, and then we see God's faithfulness. We see that he fulfills his word, that he is there to save, heal, deliver, and set us free, that he is the resurrector. When we begin to encounter that, it just grows our faith when we go through trials because we get to see God's hand in action. We get to see him move. We get to encounter his salvation because there is nowhere else that we can go to, nowhere we can run. He is our rock and firm foundation when we are in the midst of trials, of fires, of wilderness, of testing. And we're going to look at some passages today that talk about those kind of times and how can we face what it is that we're seeing upon the earth. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 20, this is Paul's exhortation or encouragement to the early church. And these are people who have come out of their pagan ways. They have left behind the idols. They have embraced the salvation of Yeshua. And now they're assembling in church they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is moving in their lives, and there's things that rose up in this timing. There's challenges that they went through, and Paul got wind of it, and he wrote these letters to the Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and we're going to look at the final encouragements that he gave in 1st Corinthians in chapter 16 in the letter, 
to the Corinthians, but those words and exhortations speak to us right now with some very powerful keys for us to apply to our own lives. And so we're going to start in verse 13 of that chapter 16. It says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And that is a powerful word for us with several keys, being on guard, standing firm in the faith, being courageous, being strong, and to do everything with love. And when we do everything unto the Father and with love, there is no sin against love. By his power and love, we can love others and we can do things with love. Verse 15 says, you know that Stephanus and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece, and they are spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. And that's a key for us too. He's talking about this man, Stephanus, but when you look up this name, Stephanus, in the Greek, it has a powerful prophetic meaning for us because Stephanus means crowned or fit for a crown. And when we come and step into the kingdom of heaven, we become kings and priests and we become in the service of our king. That means that we lay down our lives for his service, for his kingdom to serve one another, to do the will of the Father. This instruction that Paul is giving, he's saying, look, there's this guy, Stephanus, and he is doing the work of the Father. He is devoted to service. He's devoted to serving God's people. And the encouragement here is, I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to those who are devoting their whole life to the kingdom and to his work and to service, and those who help them submit to them. The scripture tells us to submit one to another in love. So when you see that God is moving in a ministry, or you see people that have devoted their entire lives to serving the kingdom, this is encouraging us to submit to them. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything with love, and submit to those who are in service, who are in devotion. Submit to those who help them. I urge you and that's a powerful word for us. We go on to verse 17. It says, I am very glad that Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus have come here. They have been providing the help you weren't here to give me. Verse 18 says, they have been a wonderful encouragement to me as they have been to you. You must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. The churches here in the province of Asia send greetings in the Lord as do Aquila and Priscilla and all the others who gather in their home for church meetings. All the brothers and sisters here send greetings to you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. So we're here reading about these men of God who were servants. They were crowned in the kingdom. And there's a listing of these names, Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. Fortunatus means fortunate, and Achaicus means man of anguish. So again, these are prophetic pictures of not only those who serve, but they're fortunate. They're also men of anguish or men of sorrow. Because when we serve in the kingdom, it is not without suffering. It is not without grief. It is not without hardship or persecutions. And we've talked about that. But we continue to endure. We continue to press on. We continue to serve. And when you look up the name Aquila, which is mentioned in verse 19, Aquila and Priscilla, they were married. Aquila means an eagle. And Priscilla means ancient and longevity. And I just like the prophetic meaning of that eagle, right? We've been talking about the eagle, how it represents being brought out 
out of slavery and unto Yahweh being raised to life and resurrected. And so that's what happens when we've received the salvation of our King. And when he calls us into service to rise above situations and to be resurrected into life, that we become fortunate. It doesn't mean that it's without anguish. It doesn't mean it's without suffering. Yeshua was known as the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We go through trials, but we're being encouraged to be strong, to be courageous, to endure, to be alert, to be on guard, to stand firm in the faith, to do everything in love, submit to those who are serving the kingdom, who are also devoting their lives to Yahweh's work and to those who labor among them and to greet one another with a holy kiss. And when we look at that word kiss, it's philema, and that means showing affection, loyalty through a gesture. So this is not like a Judas kiss who betrayed Yeshua with a kiss. This is a holy kiss. This is meaning there is a holiness about it, a mutual affection, a loyalty that you have among your brothers and your sisters in the body of Yeshua, where there is an affectionate loyalty and camaraderie. So we see this picture of a healthy church, right? We're standing on guard. We're alert to the enemy's schemes. We're standing in faith. We're being courageous. We're being strong. We're doing things in love. We're submitting one to another in love. We're laboring for the kingdom and we greet one another with a holy kiss, with reverence, with mutual affection, loyalty, and camaraderie. That's eight keys that I just listed that are powerfully found in this book of Corinthians as final exhortations that Paul made that can be applied to our lives right now. Being on guard, being alert, standing in prayer, being watchful. That's how we stand firm in our faith because we're connected to God. We know that he is the answer to the troubles that we face. We stand in courage because of his Holy Spirit, strengthened by his power and might, not because we are something at all, but because he is everything. And we do things in his love by the power of the Spirit of God, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control from the Holy Spirit. We have these powerful attributes and we submit to one another in love. We submit to those who are dedicating their lives to building the kingdom, to serving, to service. That's what we're here to serve. We're here to lay down our lives to do the will of the Father and serve one another. And again, greet each other with a holy kiss. We're moving on to 2 Samuel 22. And this is a very powerful picture here because this is David. David has gone through it. He has been attacked by many enemies over and over and over. And Yahweh is so faithful to deliver him. This is a song of praise to Yahweh because Yahweh has not only delivered him from every enemy, but he delivered him from Saul. And we've spoken about that religious spirit that Saul represents, that spirit that wants to snuff out true revival and snuff out the anointing of the Spirit of God. It's a spirit of religion that comes to persecute true movements of the Holy Spirit. And this is a powerful scripture because it reminds us who is our deliverer, who is our strength, who is our strong tower, who is our refuge, who is our rock. And we just celebrated Putum this last week, and that's Esther's feast. And that is when her whole people were saved from complete annihilation from their enemies. So this is such a powerful word for us because it's similar to what David is describing here, where the enemies came in to kill, still, and destroy him. 
He was delivered. And again, with Esther, they came in to kill, still and destroy. The people stood in prayer and fasting, going before the king, humbling themselves before the king. And he gave them the authority to declare a new decree in the land where there was a decree of curse and of death. They were given the authority, the signet ring of the king, his name. And in his name, they were able to decree and to declare a new thing upon their families, a decree for life. Not a decree for death, but a decree for life. And that they could stand in agreement when the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. They could stand for their lives, for their homes, for their children, for their goods. And that's the same thing that we can do when we gather together. Of course, the enemy wants to destroy that and wants to come in and try to create division. And that's where we get the great exhortations that Paul gave us to submit one to another. So we are called in this hour to assemble, to come together. So that is what we did this last week. And we fasted and prayed for three days. We were just overwhelmed. Again, my friend passed away. There was two other people we knew that passed away. One man that we had been standing in prayer for was stabbed. There was a lot of things that were going on all at once. And we went before the Father. We went before the King in fasting and prayer. And he showed us that he has defeated the enemy, that we do not have to fear what the enemy has come to do because he is our advocate. We humble ourselves before our God because he is the one who protects us. He is the one who delivers us. He fights the battle for us. We surrender to him in prayer, in fasting. That's a great action to take. A lot of people say, oh, prayer is not an action. Oh, yes, it is because you have to position yourself, putting away distractions, putting away your ability to handle it or your idea that you're going to handle this in your own control. And you're submitting yourself to God. You're humbling yourself before his throne room of grace. And you're intentionally turning your heart to him to intercede for others. And that is such a powerful action that we can take on behalf of our families, our nation, our globe. This is David's song of thanksgiving. And I'm starting in verse two. It says, Yahweh is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock, where I seek refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. You save me from violence. I called Yahweh, who is worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies, for the waves of death engulfed me. The torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. I called to Yahweh in my distress. I called to my God from his temple. He heard my voice and my cry for help reached his ears. Skipping down to verse 14, it says, Yahweh thundered from heaven. The Most High made his voice heard. He shot arrows and scattered them. He hurled lightning bolts and routed them. Skipping down to verse 17, he reached down from on high and took a hold of me. He pulled me out of deep water. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity. But Yahweh was my support. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Verse 26 says, with the faithful, you prove yourself faithful. With the blameless, you prove yourself blameless. With the pure, you prove yourself pure. But with the crooked, you prove yourself shrewd. You rescue an oppressed people, but your eyes are set against the proud. You humble them. So we just see this picture of the enemy that came against David, this Saul, this religious spirit, proud, oppressive, that came to take him out. And yet he's saying to the faithful, you're faithful. To the blameless, you're blameless. 
to the pure, you're pure. He knew that he was pure through his God. He trusted in the salvation of his God, that he had positioned his heart towards his creator. He cried out and he was heard because he was humble and he knew his God heard him because he loved him. He was beloved of God. So we see that he knew where to turn. Not that David was perfect. He, like all men, had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but he knew who his God was. He knew where to turn. He knew how to humble himself. And I love this whole scripture because it gives us keys. We looked at eight keys earlier. These are the keys that I picked out of this scripture. Trust in the rock of our salvation because he's our support and he rescues us. Pray and cry out for help when you need it. And that's what David did over and over and over throughout all the Psalms. He would cry out and God would hear him because God was faithful. He faithfully followed after God and God was faithful to him. He knew that he was right standing because of God's salvation in his life. And so he was pure. He lived to serve God. He lived to do his will. He lived a surrendered and a humble life. Number three, stay faithful to God. Number four, stay pure. Number five, stay humble. So that's what we learn from this passage, that we can turn to Yahweh, we can cry out to him, he hears us, and he destroys our enemies, just like he did here with David, just like he did with Esther. To those who are faithful and humble and pure in heart, that seek him, he delivers them. To the proud and the crooked, he proves himself shrewd, meaning he's a just father, and he knows our hearts and the conditions of our hearts. We don't have to worry about it. We just seek him. We pray. We humble ourselves. We repent for any ways that are not of him. We ask him to, to cleanse our unrighteousness, that we would be in right standing with him and before him, that we can turn to him and that he hears us. We turn our hearts towards him. These are powerful keys. And I like this passage here. It's found in Jeremiah 20, 11. It says, but Yahweh is with me as a dread champion, one to be greatly feared. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and not overcome me. They will be completely shamed for they have not acted wisely and have failed in their schemes. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. And that's just a passage of retribution of justice because Jeremiah was attacked so much. We spoke about him last week because he didn't always bring the message that people wanted to hear. He was so persecuted for doing the will of the Father. And he's being shown right here, my persecutors are going to stumble. They're not going to overcome me. And we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, rulers of darkness, and high places, persecutions come. But they will not overtake us. They will not take us out because our God is great and mighty to deliver and set us free. And we have to remind ourselves and trust in Yahweh and not in our own understanding and know that he has got us. He is our rock and firm foundation and he will rescue and deliver us. Amen. We're going to close with this passage in Revelation. And this is a powerful prophetic word. And I believe that it is talking about the timing that we're in upon the earth, what we're seeing upon the earth. If you read earlier in the chapter of Revelation, you read about a plague, you read about the sting of these locusts, 
artists that were crowned, that were released from the bottomless pit, and they were able to go infect men for five months. And it sounds a lot to me like coronavirus. That's what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me as I read it. We're going to look right now at this foreshadowing, and this is found in Revelations 9 verse 18. It says, one third of all the people on earth were killed by these plagues by fire and smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails had heads like snakes with power to injure people. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, wood, idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. And this is a powerful word here because it's talking about a third of the population that was killed because of plagues. And these plagues were a fire of smoke and burning sulfur, which biblically represent God's righteous judgment that's taking place upon this earth. And so we read throughout other scriptures in the Bible where a third of the people would die. And because of the timing that we're living in upon this earth, and we're seeing a lot of death happening upon this earth, we're seeing a lot of these things happen. Happen, this scripture seems to come alive a lot more. And I believe that it's a warning scripture for us that we see in Revelation. But what we read is very disheartening where it says those who were not killed by these plagues, they still didn't repent. And so I believe that's a warning for us that we have a choice in this earth. We have a choice. We can choose to serve Yahweh. We can serve his kingdom. We can submit and surrender our hearts to his will, give him our full devotion, or we can continue to worship the things of the world, of gold, of silver, of bronze, of stone, of idols that don't even hear, they don't walk, they don't talk. They're fashioned with man's hands, the things of this world that are perishing. And ultimately, we're living at this time upon this earth where what matters is eternal, what matters is souls, what matters is the kingdom and serving Yahweh. And yet, there's so much where we get caught up with the world and the distractions and the things of it. This passage is saying they didn't repent, meaning they never turned to God. They just continued in their same old ways, same old lifestyle, no matter matter what they saw was going on around them. So I just pray, Father, for the hearts that we would humble ourselves before God as we see the things and the atrocities that are taking place in trial, that we would learn from this passage that we would humble ourselves before your throne room of grace, that we would humble ourselves to repent, that we would humble ourselves to you as we see the trials upon this earth. So again, just as a review of what we've spoken about so far, I'm just going to go over the 15 keys, surviving the times that we're living in and what it is that we're going to see upon this earth is number one, to be alert, to be on guard. That means that we are aware of what's taking place, that we stand firm in our faith. And that is our faith in our God. We trust in him because we know that he is our rock, our salvation, our everything. Number three, be courageous. Number four, be strong. Number five, do everything in love. Number six, submit to those serving the saints. Number seven, submit to those who are laboring with them. Number eight, greet one another with holy kiss. 
So that was eight keys in that passage, and then we see five more, so that's going to make 13. In this Second Samuel 22, this is David's song. Number one, that he trusted in the rock of his salvation, so we can trust in the rock of our salvation because he is our support. Number two, pray and cry out for help when we need it. Cry out to the Father, and he hears us and he rescues us. Number three, stay faithful to Yahweh. Number four, stay pure and stay humble. By the power of his Holy Spirit, we can do these things. And I want to close with two more keys. And this is found in Isaiah 41 10. It says, do not fear anything for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous hand, a hand of justice, of power, of victory, of salvation. And this is for Yahweh's people. When we put our trust in him, we don't have anything to fear. When we put our trust in the things of this earth and those things are coming down and crumbling we see that there is nothing to hold on to that is strong. In the midst of fire, those things are burnt up. So this is very key for us. Don't fear, for Yahweh is with us. Don't be afraid. He strengthens us. Be assured. He is our help. He will take a hold of us with his righteous right hand, that hand of authority, that hand of strength. He has got us in his hand. So don't fear and be assured in his help. Again, trust Trusting in him, knowing that he is there for us. We can choose two paths. We can choose Yahweh or we can choose our own. We know which way leads to salvation and it is him and it's him alone. So I just thank him and praise him for these keys that he has given to us in the scriptures for surviving the time, surviving the trials that we see that are upon this earth. And as we see these things coming to life, these prophecies that we do not fear, we continue to trust and be assured that we serve our God, that he is faithful to those who are faithful that he hears those who are humble. When we cry out to him, he is there. He is near to us. He is near to the oppressed. He is such a faithful God. And just as he was faithful with David, just as he was faithful with Esther, he is faithful to us, to his children. So Father Yahweh, we just come before you. We thank you for this word of encouragement. We thank you that you are with us to deliver us. You are with us to save us, that you are near to us, that we can trust in you. And thank you for your word that gives us instructions, that gives us encouragement of how to live in these times, how to stand, how to survive with the things that are happening upon this earth. You are such a mighty God that we would continue to love, to be of courage, to stand firm in the faith, that we would continue to trust in you and to not fear because we know that you uphold us with your righteous right hand. We just give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We magnify and bless you. I pray these words go forward and touch and encourage and inspire and help others today. By your spirit and in your holy name, Yeshua HaMashiach, we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in. I pray this word has encouraged you today and I look forward to seeing you next time. And also, if you would like a copy of my book, King of Glory, A Journey Out of Egypt and Into the Promised Land, or my second book, King of Glory, Coming Out of Babylon and Back to the Promised Land, I have both of those. I just ordered a bunch of copies. If you would like a book, I am giving them out for free. Just email me at taushope at gmail.com, taushope at gmail.com, and I will send that to you. And if you've already gotten a copy for yourself and you want to pass it on or share it with somebody else, then I would be happy to send you copies. We just celebrated Putum. Putum is about giving gifts, celebrating that we 
have been given life. We have been given life and we have been given life. Almost died in October and I'm so glad and grateful to be alive still because we are alive for such a time as this upon this earth and God has work for us to do. So as long as I am here and as long as I have breath, I will praise him and glorify him. And so I'm happy to give him praise and also to extend that gift. He has given us life so we freely give to you. So if you would like a book, please don't hesitate to email me, taushope at gmail.com. And you guys have a beautiful and blessed week. Amen and amen.